Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar. Another mini midweek episode that sees us revisit some of the brilliant guests we've had on the show over the last four years. That's why we call it something from the cellar. It is literally a treasure trove brimming with vintage conversations from over 200 guests, all served up in bite-sized portions. And this week, we're celebrating Father's Day with some of the incredible dads we've had on the show across the years. And first up, it's chorister and classical superstar turned broadcaster, Ali Jones, a devoted father of two who, having been a child star himself, is now the father of his own superstar daughter. Here, Ali talks about history repeating itself as his daughter, Amelia Jones, follows in his famous footsteps, but as an actress rather than as a singer, having played the lead in Oscar-nominated Coda, amongst many other standout roles. He also looks back at how his own father supported him as a child star, ensuring that whilst his star rose, his feet remained firmly on the ground. I feel like I sort of um, keep in touch with you via limo bikes. Right? So limo bikes in London, just so people understand what it is. It's like a courier service for human beings. It is. It's mad, really. And it's really nasty between the months of September and February when you're on the back of the bike thinking, so why am I doing this? But it's brilliant. Because this is the way that we get around town in order to be able to get, I mean, predominantly back to young children is, is yeah, what it was absolutely. now. Absolutely. I mean, now you've just... Not so just, young. 
Well, yours. I mean, hello. Hello, Hollywood. You might have seen Alid's eldest. I mean, your daughter is absolutely nailing it. She's 19 and having a, a, a wonderful time. Yeah, she's been in Lock and Key for Netflix for about three years. And uh, then the sec- before that, Doctor Who? Yeah, she, she did her first Utopia. job when she was, um, I think, about nine. She was in uh, One Day with Anne, uh, Anne Hathaway. And then she had one line in Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) when she was tiny, tiny, tiny. But now, yeah, she's, you know, she's such a hard worker um, and she's, you know, she really loves what she's been doing. So she's been going from film to film to film. She's up for best actress and stuff like that. So it's mad. I mean, if anyone was ever going to be able to guide um, a young person through life in the spotlight, it's you, right? And when does a daughter ever listen to their dad? (laughs) (laughs) When? No chance. Is that never No, never. She's she's wiser than I am and she's got fantastic people looking after her. You know, and if she comes to me, then I'll help her with something. But I'm just a dad and I've always been that. You know, they don't care what I do. Um, You know, they don't care that I sing and present and stuff like that. For for them, I'm just dad and it's the same. And that's important, I think, you know. And as you said, with the bikes and stuff like that, the the reason I started using the bikes was so I could get home earlier as well. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you're just away all the time. Well, you're just never there for the moments that really matter. The bath time, the bedtime, the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. My second question for you isn't actually from me. It's from Gary Barlow. Wow. Okay. He had no hesitation in when I said well, I said that you were coming on. He was like, "No, I've got a question for him. I've got a question for him." Uh oh. So, um, can we play in Gary Barlow's question for Alid, please? I wonder. You hear a lot of stories, especially from people like Charlotte and people who've been like young mm, child stars. stars. Donnie. I mean, you Donny know, Osmond. when he taught him, he was six when he was playing at the Hilton in Vegas. Oh my god. I mean, that's nuts. Like whether he he wished to do his teenage years again. Yeah, you but, know. Yeah, I wonder. Question. Well, I shall ask him. Because back in those days, no one ever asked how anyone was, did they? No. As nowadays, it's like there was wow, no such thing was... as mental health. No. You were mentally ill. I wonder, and that was it. Because he's know? a very, he's so lovely, and and I just, yeah, I, I wonder if he feels like he's missed out on a childhood. I feel I need therapy now. <laughs> Um, no way. Do you know why? That's why my mum and dad were clever. At the time, they made me go to school, to the local comprehensive, Monday to Friday, and then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we'd be jetting off wherever, apart from one year with my O-level year, where I missed half the year because we were everywhere. Um, so That, I, that I, makes me laugh because you literally would be like on top of the pops and then back in school. Back in school on Monday, yeah, keeping completely quiet about what I'd been on or what I'd been doing. So Monday to Friday, I had a normal school existence. I was so lucky, you know, I was going to these exciting places where I was the only kid, I suppose. And also, you know, when you've got a bowl haircut and you're wearing Burton's jumpers, people are really nice to you when you're 13, you know. <laughs> oh, but you were super lovely and polite as well. You uh, you handled yourself so incredibly well. Like I was yeah. watching that documentary and there's all those clips of you in... So cringy. <laughs> it's not cringy, I promise you. As a mother, I sat there and just thought, your mum and dad must have been so proud of the way you carried yourself, Alex. Yeah, and, and it's all down to them. You know, um, I'm an only child, so um, I, I suppose that worked out best, really, because yeah. of what we were doing. You they know. could really devote yeah. themselves to Absolutely. your... Your epic journey. I mean, when you say journey, that yours literally was. You were at the airport every week going somewhere else. Yeah, or or less glamorous, uh, going down on the train from Bangor to um, London. And my dad keeps it real, okay? So there was no first class. It was was all standard, yeah. And (laughs) honestly, 
I know so brilliantly how to get into a train or plane or exist on the street without anyone recognizing you. Okay, I'm sort of like, you know, head down. And, and the only thing that got me through those journeys, sometimes the train journey on a Sunday coming back would be six and a half hours on the train, okay? With every single person in the compartment just going, look, it's Alec Jones, <laughs> just staring. And the only thing that got me through it was my Walkman and Les Mis. <laughs> and I listened to that so much constantly because I loved that musical. I know every part from Les Mis. If they, if they rang up now and said, oh, we need a Gavroche or we need a Jean Valjean or whatever, You're in. I could do it straight away. <laughs> and, and that's the only thing that got me through it. Yeah. Wow. So your dad would never even upgrade even when you were on your 16th album? No. <laughs> no. Even when you'd been over to the States and performed yeah. on the biggest shows? No, no, it was all keep it real. You know, it was all about... But maybe of... there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Although if I had the option now. <laughs> yeah. Next up is a recent guest who is fast becoming one of my all-time favourites, comedian and television host Adam Hills. Adam is, well, just frankly, a thoroughly good guy. He radiates goodness and lives with his emotions very close to the surface, as you're about to hear, as he discusses his daughters and what they mean to him and why often it's the simplest pleasures as a parent that are ultimately the most rewarding, which is something he learned from his own dad. Imagine, if you were, that you were sadly to die tomorrow and you find yourself at the pearly gates, only to be told that before you cross over to the other side, you can return to Earth for one hour. And I want to know, in that 60 minutes, where do you go? Who do you see? What do you say to them? How do you spend your final moments on Earth? Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> you really are going to make me cry. I... Okay, I'm not even going to think it through. I'm just going to say I'm going to... I'm going to um, uh, see my wife and kids. And in particular, my daughters. Yeah, yeah. Just spend time with my daughters for an hour. What would we do? It wouldn't even matter what we did. It'd be something really banal like, you know, watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine or or drawing, probably probably drawing with my kids, um, I think is my favourite thing to do. Is it? And we, both, both of them are quite artistic. And I think my favourite moments are, you know, maybe music on in the background, not necessarily, but just drawing. And and sometimes my eldest is now 12, but she'll still do it. She'll still create something. I think last holidays we were making stickers together. Um, But I think it would just be sitting around a table with my daughters just drawing. And, And for me, I like drawing cartoon characters. So it would be like Mighty Mouse or Banana Man or I just go online and search <laughs> a cartoon Man. character and then draw and then paint. And then my, you know, my daughters are scribbling and drawing and just, um, you know, it's, it's for me, that's what, that's what life's about. And it, it, it hurts me because I have to spend so much time away from them because, Fair. you know, that we were all living together in 2019 over here in London and then my daughters started getting homesick and my wife was getting work in Australia and we kind of went, well, that's fine. I can do 10 weeks away at a time and then go back. But, and, but, and my dad worked for Qantas, so he was always away. 
So I knew what it was like to have a dad that was gone for two weeks. But when he was home, he was properly home. So with present. With nothing in yeah. the diary. Yeah. Um, How lovely. And like now I go back to Australia in a couple of weeks time and I've purposely cleared the diary as much as possible. Um, so, and I remember of, of all the people who reminded me of this was Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle and I were doing a weekend of gigs in Newcastle that, once. That, that great and, sentimental fool. <laughs> oh, honestly. So there was a point, there was a comedy club in Newcastle called The Hyena. And when you stayed there, when you played there, they would put you up in an apartment because I think the owner of the club owned an apartment. And so you'd spend a weekend with just some random comic just living together. And I had two weekends in the space of six months where it was Frankie Boyle. And Frankie and I would sit up and, you know, we'd go out and we'd, I think we were both drinking at the time, but then we'd come back and we'd have cups of tea and we'd talk about the universe. And um, I remember him talking about how his dad would come home at probably seven o'clock every night. He'd go to work, go to the pub, and then he'd come home. And I was like, oh my God, that's what dads did. Because my dad didn't. My dad had been gone for two weeks and then I'd come home from school one day and he'd be in a beanbag watching you know, Warner Brothers cartoons, and then that's it. We'd have him home for 10 days. Right. So so I guess that's kind of what I've ended up doing with my daughters, which is, you know, it breaks my heart for me to be away from them, but I hope it teaches them that you can have a job that you love mm. and that, you know, there are no boundaries. You can go anywhere in the world and do whatever it is that you love. But when I'm with them, it's just about being with them. And nine times out of 10, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Uh, just just being there and and really being there, as you said, being present mm-hmm. uh, is what's important. So for me, that extra hour, um, yeah, just colouring in with my girls. Yeah, it's, and it is this. I think in so many ways, lockdown taught us that it's the stuff we missed was really just people. It was contact. It was being able to, uh, you know, just being able to touch their skin. Hold the hand. Oh, and, you know, ironically, all I did for seven months, because Melbourne had, you know, Melbourne had the longest lockdown of any city in the world. Yeah. Pretty much. All I did for a lot of seven months was just colour in with my girls. And I was... (laughs) (laughs) And and then you got to work with them. I mean, you took one expression that one of them, uh, one conundrum that one of your daughters presented you with, and you've turned it into two best-selling children's books, which you, (laughs) by the way, have cut them in on, which is... Pretty remarkable. You've gone four ways on the publishing uh, royalties between your two girls, yourself, and their chosen charity. Yeah. So when, so it, yeah, it was it was my my youngest who had said to me, and she must have been about eight at the time. This was pre lockdown. Um, uh, she said, I, "I don't know when I grow up whether I want to be a rock star or a detective." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you do both. You'd be a rock star by night and a detective by day." And and it wasn't long after that that I was called in for a meeting with some publishers saying, do you have any ideas for books? And in particular, what would you write for your eldest? And I went, oh, she said she wants to be a rock star and a detective, so I'd probably write that. And I went, oh, my goodness, and what would happen in that? And then we started talking about this this story. And so um, and so then I came home and I sat with her and went, right, so who would, the, who would the suspects be and what could the crime be? And we came up with this story of these two 12-year-olds that are on their first ever tour, music tour, and wherever they perform, a priceless piece of art is stolen. But all the evidence makes it look like they're the ones doing it. So they have to solve the crimes and work out who's framing them. And so, and I said to both my daughters, I said, look, I'm going to I'm gonna split the proceeds, what I get paid for this with you guys. And then 
and then one of them said, well, no, you should get some as well. And I was like, okay, fine. And then my one of the other ones said, well, actually, and let's give some to charity. Let's split it four ways. So, um, and to be honest, like we've not got around to working out which charity we're going to give it to. I think we identified there's a place in, in Melbourne called The Song Room, um, which takes uh, music lessons to disadvantaged schools. Um, so I think we'll look into that and probably... Um, a disability support charity in the in the UK as well. But ah. after the first book was written, my my eldest said, "I really enjoyed that, Daddy." But can someone die in the second book? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Finally, we pick up with former Labour spin doctor turned superstar podcaster Alistair Campbell alongside his daughter, the stand-up comedian Grace. They offered up a fascinating glimpse into their extraordinary father-daughter relationship and as well as exploring her childhood in Downing Street and the impact it had on family life, they also opened up with real candour and vulnerability about their own shared experiences of poor mental health. Alistair, you did a really lovely TED Talk entitled The Worst Things That Happen Are Often The Best. I love finding the positive in the negative. So can you tell me of a time for each other when that's been true for you? Well, when Grace was at... She went to university in Paris and she didn't like it and she was having panic attacks and stuff. And it was a really bad time. She was having a really bad, really bad time. And I remember she phoned me at one point and said she was hating and I just said well why don't you just you know I'm not really a I don't jack things in in the main but it was obvious to me it was making her really unhappy I said just pack it in let's find something you want to do and she came back to London and, and she's never looked back went and found yeah. a course she wanted to do and he's right that doesn't tally up with your attitude to life at all Alistair so it's unusual that you would give advice to your daughter that you probably wouldn't take yourself no I think I would I think if something like that I wouldn't want to give up something that I felt was really, really worthwhile. 
But also, I think what he's saying is like it was it was more on a mental health level. My mental health was the worst that it's ever been. You know, I don't think I'll ever be in a place as bad as I was then. I was really thought I was going to die, and I was, had a complete nervous breakdown. And and that you understand. You know, it's like when you had your breakdown, you you did lose your job, and you did have to sort of start again a bit, Dad. So I think yeah, you you understood that that you, you kind of, in those moments, you actually can't carry on. You need to just be back at home with your friends and family. Um, and I just needed to be at home. I needed to be with my friends. Funny, I feel quite confident. Because I, I have, Grace has always been very good at kind of, you know, she's very, very upfront about how she's feeling and what's going on. So I, I didn't feel that same sense of wretchedness as I felt, for example. There were times, for example, when, when Callum was really bad with drink and I, I just couldn't see a way out of it. Um, I thought it was just going to end up with us getting a you know really horrible phone call in the middle of the night. Um, whereas I just felt I don't know I felt I felt with Grace that it would I felt it would work out and I, and I sort of sensed I think the reason she phoned me probably at that day rather than Fiona other than the fact that Fiona quite often doesn't answer the phone. That's bullshit. I call I call I call Mum about fifteen times a day when I was there. No, I no, but I'm saying that you call me that. I wonder whether you call me then because you maybe sense that I sensed you really, really wanted to come back, uh, but you want to, you didn't want to sort of admit defeat. But I didn't, I think you can admit, admitting defeat to things that don't, it doesn't matter if you win or not, it's fine. Grace, you keep saying your dad doesn't know you, but I'm pretty sure that he does have a general idea about who you are and what floats your boat. So I wondered which facet of each other's personalities would you most like to have for yourself to kind of smooth out your edges or inform better who you are? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I can answer that immediately. The thing that I really would love to have about my dad is how unaffected he is by people hating him and by like, you know, (laughs) trolls and stuff. And like when people say shit about him on the street, he, it does... It genuinely does not bother him, and I wish, you know, I have I have a good sense of that. Like I'm I'm I had to in doing stand up. You have to accept like loads of people aren't going to like you, and not everyone's going to love you, and, and all of that. But he, you know, that's something I really try. When I get like a hater on Instagram or something, I just think, you know, this wouldn't bother my dad. So like, let it move out of your head right now. Is it a bit like, you know, when Christians wear those bracelets to say, what would Jesus do? Is that when you go, what would dad do? Well, no, it's just, I know what he would do. He wouldn't care. He would say to me, shut up. Why, Why have you let one person on the internet's opinion of you affect you? And I think that's a really, really good attitude to have. So that's something I definitely you know, really admire about him and other stuff. But that's the first thing that pops into my head that I think about quite a lot. Does it really not bother you? I mean, Alison, you've said in your response to Tessa Gell, after everything you've been through, let them say what they like about me. You have to kind of know who you are and look yourself in the eye, right? You've got to be careful. I mean, I think sometimes, and I think actually this does come through a little bit in the diaries where I get more reflective. If, if there's a criticism that's coming a lot, I can reflect upon it. And sometimes you have to do that. And you maybe think, yeah, maybe... He or she has got a point. There's a bit, for example, where in this volume where I'm writing about a sort of sense that I'm in danger of losing quite a few important friendships because of certain things that have happened in politics. And I'm sort of reflecting on that. And it's something that I wouldn't I wouldn't maybe admit that I was reflecting on. I'm not going to admit that maybe I went over the top or they went over the top or whatever. But I'm 
I'm able to kind of adapt according maybe to criticism that's coming my way. And I think it's important to be able to do that. But no, genuinely, if somebody that doesn't know me, I remember once saying that, you know, if, if I thought my parents thought I was a terrible son and Fiona thought I was, you know, not worth living with and the kids thought I was a terrible father and my friends thought I wasn't a good friend, that would really bother me. That would really, really, really get to me. Um, but some guy who reads the Daily Mail, you know, doesn't, is a card-carrying member of the Tory party, voted Brexit, um, you know, doesn't like football. Uh, I'm just not going to care. Why would I care what he thinks about me? And I, I see, I don't think that's... Grace talked earlier about being a mixture of arrogance and insecure. I don't feel that's arrogant. because What it is, is, is not allowing... Uh, I've got my own moral code. I've got my own framework of values. I know what I believe. And I know that I know whose opinion matters to me. And it's a wide enough range of people for me genuinely not to care what some columnist or internet troll says. I mean, there's that saying, isn't there? Why, um, why are you trying to be liked by everyone? You don't like everyone. Yeah, exactly. Dad doesn't like anyone. Yeah. <laughs> mm, it's not exactly true. Who do you like, Alistair? If you had to name your top like? three favourite people. Yeah, top three favourite people. What, on the planet? No, I like, I like it a lot. I actually, I've, I've got a very, I've got a reputation for being a bit kind of grumpy and stuff. But actually, I, I tend to see the positive in people much more than even my own kids maybe recognise. Um, but I'd say in terms of, I think Fiona's number one. I think, I mean, one thing I've learned during lockdown is, I, there's not many people I could spend literally a year with without wanting to kind of, you know, do something to them or to myself and. <laughs> You know, Fiona and I barely had a day apart. Um, so I think Fiona would be number one. I think Ashley Barnes, the Burnley striker, has got to be right up there. Mm. Um, and then the other Ashley. And Ashley Westwood as well, yeah. yeah. The person I was going to say straight away was uh, was Sid Young, my old mate. He died during the first lockdown. Um, I like I like positive, warm... Clever characters, that's what I like. And there's plenty of them in the world. What's the facet, what's the facet of uh, Grace's personality that you would most like? I think Grace has got um, an amazing capacity for friendship. I think she's, ever since she's been a little kid, she's had really good friends at every level of her life. And some of them have, you know, stayed the same the whole way through. She's got very, very good friends. And that means you've got a good capacity for friendship. And that's a really, really good quality. I think I've got that, but they, a lot of them die, and that sort of worries me a bit. Thanks so much for joining me for Something from the Cellar with our Father's Day special. I hope you're enjoying these weekly visits to the cellar as much as I am, and I'll be back on Friday with a brand new guest. In the meantime, if you want to listen to any of these episodes in full, uh, simply search by the name of the guest, popping them into your search bar, and this week you've been listening to Alec Jones, Adam Hills and Alistair and Grace Campbell. I'll see you Friday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. <laughs> 